And it's another episode of the Cherokee Rewind, I believe 97. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I am Mick. Of course, you know that. My guest this time around is a guy who played, I believe, was it 99-2000? No, it was a couple of years after that. Okay, so 2000-2001? Uh, 2002 to 2003 season, and then the 2003-2004 season, so two seasons. Wow, man, it seemed, it seems like forever ago. And uh, it just, I mean, well, when I, I did this for 20 years before I retired from it. And it's like all the names and seasons <laughs> all run together, you know. But uh, that is one, Larry Willard. And LW has been, oh, my gosh, he was probably one of the most gifted guys at that level that I ever saw play. And uh, I tell you, it, now I do this thing that where I try to remember your jersey number. And I'll be honest, I don't stand a snowball's chance to in heck to <laughs> to remember it. But I'm gonna take a guess at it, and you can just tell me what it what actually it was. Um, but I am going to say I'm gonna say 14. 14 was it? That's right. Oh my God! Don't ask me how I I I I just guessed at it. I mean, I I wasn't sure. I was going back and forth between 14 and and uh 15 because i knew you were in the teens somewhere i just couldn't remember where and uh anyway the thing is is that i don't cheat and look up on the you know on on the internet and try to figure the see what all the stuff did i do i try to do this solely from memory and it just makes it more fun and challenging that way so but (laughs) um anyhow first of all welcome now were you a local guy were you from around this neck of the woods when you first start playing? I was. Uh, I grew up in Petersburg, Michigan. Um, I grew up playing hockey, and uh, my neighbor was actually uh, a Toledo Cherokee player, and that's how I kind of got involved with hockey, actually. Uh, Brandon Meisner. Oh, my god! I don't know if you remember the name. Oh, yeah. I the remember late, he was. Mid to, mid to late 90s. Yeah, he, was, uh, he wasn't the tallest big uh, or guy out there on the ice, but – by God, that kid, I, a kid, he's probably, oh, anyway, uh, just means I'm old. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> you guys are all kids to me still. Anyhow, th- that guy could, he would go into the corners and mess you up. And he was fearless. Oh. And the guy was five foot nothing. I mean, he really was. He was just a short guy. and But he played like he was six six. I mean, he didn't care. He went in there and played. He was rec- not reckless, but he played with reckless abandon. I'll put it that way. And he would go into corners and be nasty. I mean, nasty. He would get under your skin. He would get so many guys mad at him and stuff. And he'd draw penalties, too. But they hacked and whacked him and everything like that. And uh, it just, uh, oh, my gosh. I remember him and his old man both because they were both on the shorter side of things. Um, yep. And yeah. uh, I just, uh, I remember the how much fun it was just to watch those guys play because or him play because he was just such an annoying pest, you know, uh, to paraphrase, I'd call him a crap disturber. He was kind of one of the original crap disturbers and he was so good at it, you know, but, uh, when you're that size, you got to play that way in order to say, you don't, uh, you know, so you can basically, so you have a job because I mean, otherwise those other big boys, they'll do whatever they have to to mess you up. But, um, now that's right. What, I mean, that, so Brandon and 
and his dad were that's what got you into hockey was watching you know hearing so, about the well so i know brandon always used to play hockey and we had uh we had a basketball court outside our place so we always got in some big street hockey games and then uh uh, so he kind of introduced me to hockey, and my dad and I used to watch Wings games growing up. And then I started playing hockey when I was four, uh, you know, skating at uh, Tam O'Shanner in Sylvania there. And then uh, that's back in the day when the, the Cherokee used to play at uh, Tam O'Shanner. And I used to go to the games, and then uh, then my neighbor started playing there. And then, uh, you know, I, I played a couple years of uh, high school hockey for Northview. And then, you know, after my sophomore year, I had no intention of leaving high school hockey, uh, but Brandon and another friend of mine uh, who played for the Cherokee for a little while kind of convinced me to go to tryouts one day and uh, just went there and, you know, sparked a conversation with the coaching staff and some of the players. And I think Brandon had put in a good word for me because he knew some of the guys uh, like Dan Mays and, and things like that and Todd Omi. And then uh, I guess they knew who I was coming into it. Uh, but then, yeah, it started – Started in tryouts, and then you know they put me on a line with Kelly Kester, uh, and then just kind of went 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 from there. Really, that was magic. Of course, Kelly. That, that to this day, I mean, I love every every player that ever put on a, a Cherokee uniform, you know, because the all the effort and the sacrifice and everything that it is involved. I I mean, it was just so they were you know I was so uh, uh, in admiration of them, but. To me, for my money, if I had to say who was the probably one of the hardest working, uh, well, I wouldn't say I'd just say the overall probably the one of the guys that really personified Cherokee hockey. It was Kelly Kester because he had a work ethic second to none, and the kid was very talented. And if he were if he weren't so doggone small, if he was like a <laughs> he was like six four six five, that guy could have played like pro. He could he definitely could have played pro. And it's, oh, it's just uh, he was in a five foot six, five foot seven body, so nobody gave him that that much of an, a chance. But he was so fast and so talented, he'd carry the team on his back sometimes, you know. And that, absolutely did. Yep. So that's what I remember about Kelly. But anyway, I want to talk about you. Um, so how old were you when you first put on a pair of skates and decided to give this thing a whirl? Uh, I was I was four years old when I first uh, when I first got in the ice. Four, wow! So did yeah. you do like the learn to skate or IP program over at Tamil? I think I did the IP for a little while, but then I remember just playing, you know, like uh, mini mites and mites. Uh, I played for uh, I forget what the team's name it was. It's just a like a house league for a couple of years. Uh, Schrader, I remember playing for Schrader Tire and Oil for several years for John Schrader. Um, until you know, probably about until you know, six or seven, and then I started playing Sylvania All Stars before before I got into travel hockey with the Sylvania Maple Leafs. How old were you when you went to the Maple Leafs? I believe I was eight years old when I did my first year with the Maple Leafs, and uh, that was back when I think Ronnie Johnson. He was one of the coaches, and I want to say Dave Grana, uh, and then later on his Je his brother Jeff Grana coached me for several years. Um, but yeah, I remember those two coaches, and that was my, that was my first year playing travel hockey, and just kind of kind of went from there, really. Yeah, and it's you no, know, it's funny. I was just trying to remember. Now, who taught you to skate? 
or were you self-taught? I don't remember. I just remember going out there and I, I remember seeing some photos uh, of me just kind of out there and just skating around without a stick. And that's kind of the earliest memory I have. I, did, I don't know if, I think that was back before they had those little skate stands uh, where you kind of, you know, use the railing or anything like that. Uh, I don't remember pipe. those being around. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I know my parents weren't out there with me, so um, I don't exactly remember how or when, but yeah, right when I was four, I remember my mom saying we're, we're, you know, we're going to play ice hockey today and just kind of went from there, I guess. So, you know, um, it's, that's one of those things where you either fall madly in love with it or you don't play. Uh, what <laughs> what uh, sparked, I mean, was it watching the wings on TV that sparked your passion? Or... I, don't, I don't think so because even though I grew up watching the Red Wings games with my dad, I was, I've always been a diehard Pittsburgh Penguin fan uh, since I was five or six. Uh, right around the time, you know, Lemieux and Yager and Francis won their, their first cups in 91, 92. And, you know, it was always, always a thing between my family and I, where they played the wings, my friends, and the hockey team, you know, they'd always give me a hassle about the penguins and the wings and stuff like that. So um, I don't know what it was. It just kind of, you know, it just picked up and I enjoyed it. And, you know, growing up in Michigan, especially with uh, Meisner across the street, uh, we'd always play pond hockey. We had street hockey going. So it's just, you know, you just get a stick, get some skates, and start playing. Man, that had to be pretty crazy. So um, were you always a forward, or did you spend any time ever at defense? I was always a forward. I remember one time I tried out as a, as a defenseman. I can't remember if it was one of the years for All-Stars or my first year at travel, but they were like, hey, any defenseman kind of go over here. And then I was like, oh, I'll give this a try. And I remember halfway through the first game, I was just like, I, I don't like this. Um, and then I always played forward ever since kind of thing. So uh, forward always growing up. Then I remember one game, you know, playing back in defense. And they always made me stay back. And I had no, yeah, didn't, didn't really like that. Didn't sit too well with the, the kind of game I played. So uh, later that game, I was back up at forward and off, off we went. Off we went, yeah. And uh, what did, were you a uh, a goal scorer, a prolific goal scorer, back when you played at that level? I I don't remember as much. I I think I did okay. Um, I remember back in the day when they still had they gave away the patches and stuff like that. You know. You get a patch for your for your jacket, uh, your team jacket that said, you know, hat trick, or you get a patch that said playmaker or stuff like that. So I remember having those. Um, so I think I did okay, but I don't know if I was leading leagues or anything like that growing up, or I don't even think anyone kept stats like that back then. So probably not. Uh, I, yeah, I just, I just remember playing and enjoying it. And, and then, uh, you know, when the, some, some of the summers would come around and then spring hockey and then, you know, when hockey really started to pick up, you know, they brought in summer hockey and there was summer ice. And, you know, I guess around the time, you know, about middle school, late middle school, before I started high school, you know, pretty much every season just being on the ice. I remember that for, for quite a while. Now, uh, when you made the jump from house to travel, did it change your game at all? Did you remember if you, if you played any differently? 
uh, or maybe your role on the team changed at all? I don't, I don't recall. I remember my, I remember my first year travel. Uh, I was, I was one of the assistant captains, uh, you know, playing on, you know, one of the forward lines and then, you know, successive years, uh, you know, I wore the captaincy. Um, so I think I had a, you know, a decent sized role uh, on the teams I played on in, in travel. Um, but I don't know if it was any different than, you know, the kind of role I had when I was playing some many all-stars or in the house league or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, when you played, how many years of travel did you play as far as until you got to high school? So, um, that's a pretty, pretty healthy stint there. Uh, how, what were your teams like when you were going through the ranks through Pee Wee and Bantam and stuff? Uh, we, we did fairly well. I remember one year. Uh, when Jeff Granny was coaching us, uh, we won the we won the, the Silver Stick tournament in uh, in Dayton, Ohio. I remember that. Uh, I actually scored the game winning goal in the finals against uh, against Bowling Green. Of all the teams there, we had there were two local teams from uh, you know from back back in our woods in Bowling Green and Sylvania who who made it to the finals in Dayton. And I remember that, um, and I think we you know we did fairly well. Um, you know we always made the playoffs and stuff like that. I don't know if we I can't recall like ever advancing to, you know, like, you know, state championships or anything like that. But I remember there's definitely some tournaments that we won and uh, the silver stick one definitely stands out. Now, um, did you, do you remember playing with any guys back then that you would see later down the road? A lot of the guys I I grew up playing with, uh, you know, I would play with uh, either, you know, later in travel uh, in high school and then, uh, you know, and then I think in juniors as well, um, you know, some of the names that stand out, uh, Brett Blatchford, who ended up playing at Notre Dame. Um, gosh, who are some of the other guys that, uh, that I grew up Taylor Raska, who played uh, professional hockey. Uh, he and I actually grew up down the road from each other. I remember going to his house and, uh, you know, shooting pucks against the board with him and his dad, his dad teaching us some things. Um, remember that, um, yeah, he played. He had a players. stick with the walleye, uh, I think. Yep. Yeah, so he had here our I local so pro hockey well. team. Yep. Yeah. Who, who are some and, of the other? Uh, who are some of the other? You guys? know, just a bunch of other. Some of the other guys I played high school with. You know, uh, I grew up for many years playing uh, hockey with Brett Lindstrom, who ended up playing with the Cherokee as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Both the years I was there. Uh, Brett Molnar, uh, who was there for one of the years I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Heath, who I played travel with for years and then played a couple of years of high school with um uh i remember growing up playing hockey and travel hockey with uh, for a little while with uh, with troy bose who played a little bit with cherokee as well um i'm trying to think of some of the other guys those are pretty much around my my age and then some of the other guys you know who were the 85 birth years who were a year older than me until we got a little older and travel hockey and then, then started playing with them as well. Okay. So, um, what made you pick playing high school at Northview over sticking with travel? So I remember last year of travel in eighth grade, uh, I was still living in Michigan and all my friends, you know, being Sylvania, you know, they were headed to, Northview, Southview, St. John, St. Francis, and, you know, I was pretty much like the odd man out, and they were, they were trying to get me to, uh, you know, go to this team, go to that team, or, you know, was I going to play AAA in Michigan, um, 
you know, with like my friend at the time, Brett Blatchford. Um, and then ultimately, I remember going with, uh, I think it was seventh or eighth grade, must have been eighth grade. I remember going to uh, a Sylvania Northview hockey team, a hockey game on a Saturday night uh, when Brett Lynch, with Brett Lindstrom and his brother, Eric, uh, who I played with for a couple of years at Northview, Eric Lindstrom. Uh, he was uh, only a sophomore at Northview. And I remember going to that game and I don't know why. I, I still remember the game that they lost six to two to St. John's and Eric Lindstrom had both goals in that game. And um I remember meeting uh, Coach Jim Cooper after the game. He got me a, a Northview puck and stuff like that. And you know that was that was one of some of my first memories of high school hockey and the atmosphere, and the Johnnies, and you know the Wildcats. And you know my family and I started looking into it a little bit more. And then, uh, ironically enough, to make that actually happen, uh, I remember it broke my mom's heart, but she actually signed away legal guardianship of me uh, to my aunt and uncle who lived in Sylvania so that I could actually attend Northview High School and play for the hockey team there. Wow. That had to be hard. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, still, still not too fond of it to this day. But, uh, you know, I'm, it, it worked out, I think, in the end because it uh, got me to play some high school hockey. I met some great friends at uh, Northview High School that I'm still friends with to this day, a lot of whom are were never even involved in hockey, and I would I never would have met uh, you know, still going to school in Michigan and, uh, you know, everything that, you know, the Cherokee after that and then everywhere, everywhere in between, I guess. Well, that's funny because I was thinking, you know, I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, okay, local kid, you know, probably, I, I didn't realize you had gone to, uh, to Sylvania Northview because I, I figured being from Petersburg, you would have gone through, you know, like one of the, one of the Catholic schools or something in, in Ohio so that you could uh, stay at home and it's like wow you know that's that had to be a huge <laughs> huge decision for your folks to do that for you but uh hey as you said absolutely it worked out um so tell me what it was like when you when you got to got to tam o'shanner as a member of the northview wildcats i remember it, it was great so i was uh i was a freshman oh man i was 160, 170 pounds soaking wet and, you know, going against, you know, 17 and 18 year old, uh, you know, men, you know, juniors and seniors and, uh, you know, uh, coach Coop, uh, at Northview really, uh, put a lot of faith in me and he put me on one of the top couple lines. Um, and just, you know, I remember being on the top power play unit as well as a freshman and, you know, really starting to excel and, you know, kind of going from there and, it was uh, it was a great experience. It was it was a little nerve wracking going being on the ice was easy. It was at first it was um, getting acclimated to Northview High School because the high school or the the middle school I grew up in Michigan, Petersburg, Michigan, uh, Summerfield uh, Elementary, and there were about sixty kids in a grade. Uh, when I got to Northview, there's three hundred and seventy five, four hundred kids in each grade. Oh so it was quite a quite a difference and a lot of people and I wasn't kind of used to that atmosphere at first and it took me a few months to kind of really come out of my shell I think and uh, especially as a freshman um, but you know I remember just being on the ice and you know really um, bonding with uh, with the hockey guys and that that was kind of my out and I remember 5 a.m. practices uh, going to going to Tamil Shaner at 5 a.m., you know, getting some hockey in, some practice in before school and class started. 
and then uh, and then going from there. Those were some of the earliest memories I think I have from Northview. Holy cow, 5 a.m. Well, of course, that's just the hockey line. <laughs> I mean, you could be a you could be in in squirts, and it'd still be 5 a.m. hockey practice before school. Man, <laughs> that had to be crazy. And uh, you know, I'm just like, Eesh. like that's you know, parent. That's why I always appreciate parents that put got up and took their kids and sat there drinking uh, Tim Hortons coffee and just uh, watching watching their kids out there stumble all over the place. But uh, oh yeah. Um. So what was what was your team like as far as uh, were they a good team? <laughs> were they a decent team? Uh, when they played out, out there at Tam that the years you played? Uh, when I was with Northview, uh, we were, uh, I, th- I thought we were a really great team. Uh, we did well both years in regular season. Uh, I remember my first year, uh, we lost right before we got to the district finals. So we lost, again, I don't know why I remember some of these scores. We lost eight to five against St. John's. Uh, the winner of that game would have gone to the districts. Uh, I forget where in Cleveland they used to play them, but uh, I remember we were up to a 2-0 lead in that in that game. It was it was a sellout crowd, just as I'm sure they are still now. But I remember we got an early 2-0 lead, and they came back. And I remember that's when that's back when I don't know if you remember Jared Kuhn, who played for St. John's at the time, mm-hmm. uh, and Coach Mankowski was the the St. John's coach, and they came back and beat us eight to five. And then so we we. Did fairly well that that season, and then the following season. So that would have been 2001, 2002. Uh, we did even better, I think, in the regular season. Um, and then you know we were we were unfortunately we were we were upset by uh, by Finley uh, earlier on before we ever made it to the district finals. But I think uh, you know we had a we had a great team that year, um, potentially even a better team than we had the year before. Uh, but we lost a lot of good seniors my, my, my freshman year. Um, so both great teams, met a lot of great guys, and uh, got, to, got to experience a lot of good hockey. Yeah. And now, um, you know, was that, when you're talking about playing in Cleveland, was that at the old Gund Arena? It was an old arena. I do, I, I remember going down there after that first year. So 2001, when we lost to St. John's. I remember going down there. Uh, to actually watch the district finals when St. John's played Padua. Um, and I'd never even seen an atmosphere like that, but that was an old arena. Um, so that could have been the name. I'm not sure where they used to hold the district finals back then, but that's, that's. Okay. Then that wouldn't have been Gund because right. Gund was where like the Cavaliers played and the, and the Cleveland, oh, I... the IHL team played or they, and the eight, what they went to the AHL, um, and I can't remember what I think they were like a Penguins affiliate for a while. I don't know. If it was oh, really? Back during that time, but yeah, Cleveland used to be a Penguins of uh, uh, AHL level affiliate because they changed their okay. name. Uh, I can't remember what they were back then. Um, but they ended You're talking up... about back when they were the, Cle- the Cleveland Lumberjacks. Yeah, it, they were the Lumberjacks, and they went. They became the uh, Cleveland uh, or. Uh, Gosh, what did they become? Matter of fact, I think they moved from Muskegon because they were the Muskegon Lumberjacks and they moved from the IHL. They moved the franchise to Cleveland. And they and I think they became, I don't know if they became the Cleveland Lumberjacks or the, matter of fact, I think they did. 
All okay. I know is that they were. I don't. Yeah, because they. I don't think they. They. Uh, I don't think that Cleveland fans would have took to the Penguins, Cleveland Penguins, because <laughs> uh, they're you know the the rivalry between Cleveland and Pittsburgh as it is in football. So they they were the Lumberjacks, uh, and uh, whoever the uh, AHL rights for Cleveland were, uh, they moved to Muskegon. So Muskegon ended up becoming like a a, a double A affiliate of whoever was of the Lumberjacks and then Muskegon ended up folding up shop and then they brought back hockey back to Muskegon with the USHL franchise. So, yeah. So uh, that's a matter of fact, I, uh, I don't know what they are now. They're either the fury or the, or they could be the Lumberjacks. I don't know. Yeah. Matter of fact, they may be the Lumberjacks again, but um, anyway, uh, so, uh, so you were playing, in Northview and mm-hmm. you ended up after your second year as a sophomore, what yep. made you consider playing hockey at a higher level? Again, I, I never really had any intentions of leaving Northview. I was going to continue on. Um, you know, I had some friends uh, who were talking about going to do it. And uh, again, my, my neighbor, Brandon Meisner was always trying to get me to, to go check it out. And then I remember a friend of mine who was on Northview, Brett Molnar, uh, talked about uh, that he was going. And, and we had grown up, uh, you know, good friends in childhood, uh, playing at Northview together. And uh, he was going there. And that's when, I think that's when the year, the first year they played up in Monroe, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, Molnar, my, myself, and my mom went up there to kind of check it out for tryouts and you know, I didn't realize that they were already looking to sign me like the first or second day uh, during tryouts. I didn't even know what was really going on. You know, I was 16 at the time. Um, never really thought about leaving Northview, but by the end of that weekend, uh, you know, playing with some playing with some good guys, uh, met some good guys, and next thing I knew, I was playing for the Toledo Cherokee. Just uh, a couple weeks later, when the the regular season started. Holy cow! So, I mean, do you remember what the meeting was like with uh, Coach Omi? Because T.O. is probably everyone's favorite coach usually, but he also can have an imposing figure, uh, be an imposing figure when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember necessarily the meeting um, too much or what ultimately what it was that, that, that convinced me. Uh, but I remember myself and, and Brett Molnar, we were signing right around the same time. And, you know, with, with him leaving Northview and I was looking into it and, and I was just thinking, I remember, I'm pretty sure we both signed in the same room at the same time um, and, and committed to play for the Cherokee. But I don't remember or recall a specific meeting uh, with, with, with Coach Omi at the time um, that kind of really compelled me or anything like that. And again, like I said, I was never even the thought that summer going into it never even really crossed my mind that, that I would be leaving Northview. Um, so it just kind of happened and, you know, it just really took off from there, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, so tell me when you were in that camp and you went into the locker room, did you feel any kind of uh, nervousness or intimidation or any kind of anything of the sort? 
I mean, I was definitely nervous. You know, again, you know, 16-year-old kid, I think by that point I may have been 170, 180, uh, you know, looking around the room, you know, playing against guys in their 20s. Um, you know, it was kind of like night and day. And the only thing that I had was what I could do on the ice. And I remember not really talking much the, those, those first few weeks, especially during tryouts in the locker room. I just kind of did my thing on the ice and, you know, just kind of let it speak for itself there. You know, someone took a liking to me and wanted to keep me around and just kind of went from there. So, um, I guess for the lack of the best way I can ask this is, did you always have that speed as a kid through all the way through the time you were in Toledo? Because you were a pretty quick guy. I mean, I think I, I think I was quick growing up. I, I don't think I was ever necessarily the fastest guy. Uh, you know, I always remember kind of being quick and being offensive. Um, I wasn't, I don't think, I never thought of myself like a speed demon or anything like that. I don't think anybody else would ever call me that either. But, um, yeah, I just remember being quick with the puck and, you know, just being able to move it and, and kind of go from there. I remember, oh, it was like right around that time. I think I did an interview with Kelly Kester and I remember him telling me it during the interview, and I don't know why it stuck with me, but it did. It stuck with me all these years later. I, I remember it still. Uh, he said Larry Willard was probably the uh, one of the very best hockey players I ever played with, and I considered it an honor to be on his line. And I'm sitting here thinking – dude, they should be retiring your number. What are you over here talking about this kid for? Like that, you know, and, and we had to laugh about that. But yeah, that was the, that's how he felt. And, uh, you know, I remember just thinking, holy crap, this kid can play. You know, that's all, that's the thing I always remember just saying, because I kept saying that over and over again. Holy crap, that kid can play, you know? <laughs> and just, uh, it was, it was, it was always fun to watch because, I mean, you were very, I think the thing that what what made it work was the fact that you were pretty elusive. In other words, if people tried to line you up to try and smoke you, they couldn't. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure your body's telling you otherwise, but <laughs> but right. uh, but uh, but I mean, as far as you know, just flat out center of the ice, uh, just a flat out. Uh, lighten you up that it just that never happened uh you were just very elusive because you could anticipate a lot and i think that's a skill that not a lot of people have is that ability to anticipate a play or something happening in a play and you did that very well you were very very good at that um i appreciate that do you remember anything about the first game you suited up for in a cherokee uniform I do. Um, I remember I was playing on Kelly's line, and that, that's uh, that, that's awesome to hear that Kelly Cash uh, would say those things about me. It was, I remember it was always an honor playing with him. I love I loved being on his line, and uh, and centered him. And we, he and I, actually had some great chemistry together. Uh, that's one of the things that I, I remember. I'm pretty sure. I think I still have the puck too. I think our first game was actually down in Cleveland. And I remember my mom was there, and I think my oldest sister and uh, her husband. They actually came down, and I remember coming down, and it was right on the where I scored my first goal. Uh, 
you know, it's like a partial breakaway and then a rebound that I put in and it was right in front of them. And I do remember that because, um, like I said, we, we, we grew up going to the Cherokee games and then, you know, lo and behold, I ended up playing for them. Um, so I remember, I remember that experience and we had a first couple of games there and I, from what I remember, I thought we started off pretty hot, like seven Oh and one or seven Oh or something like we had a really good record to start off and we were unbeaten for, for a little while there. Um, I just remember us kind of going on like a nice little tear early on in the season. Now, who were some of the, who was the other person on your line? Do you remember? Was you Kelly and who? See, I can't remember who we played with at that time, uh, but shortly after, uh, it, was, it had to be October, November, Kelly and I both got selected to play for the CSHL, the Central States Hockey League All-Star team that was playing somewhere in Michigan. I want to say like, like, like Devonia or something like that for some big junior A tournament. And the CSHL had put together uh, an all-star team and they picked a couple players from each team and they put us together for a weekend and Kelly and I played in that. So I can't remember who our line mate was around that time, but shortly thereafter, Kelly got noticed and uh, he got picked up at the Capitol, Capitol Center Pride. Yeah. Out of Lansing. So, Yep, and then uh, and then you know it was, it was unfortunate that he left, uh, but then after that is when they they put me with uh, uh, one of my best buddies to this day, uh, Christopher Kraft, number twenty one, um, <laughs> and uh, and then I remember it was him and uh, uh, one of the, one of the Omi brothers, uh, I believe it was I think it was Mike Omi because I think I played not Omi, uh, what are their names? Not Omi brothers. Uh, Oh, they're gonna kill me when they listen to this. I can't remember. But uh, another short right-handed guy. No, they weren't twins. They were brothers. Because my first year I played with the older one, and the second year I played with the younger one uh, when I was with the Cherokees. Oh. Um, but I can't remember the top of my head. But I remember Chris Kraft and I. Uh, you know, he was diff- different uh, style player, bigger, uh, and then uh, then Kelly. And then he and I would just, you know, kind of hook things up and I'd, I'd set him up and he'd put him in the net kind of thing. That's, those are some of the memories I had from there. Um, gosh, that's going to bug me now. Do you remember what number he wore? <sighs> I believe it was 10 and uh, it's really going to bother me. So I'm going to see if I can, uh, see if I can look it up real quick. Oh, okay. Remember his first name was Mike Opit. Oh Mike yeah. Opet. Okay. Mike and that's then Matt Opit. Yeah, that's right. Because I could, I could, I remember it was Mike, but I'm like, I couldn't remember his last name. Was just, uh, it was just, it was eluding me, but yeah, Mike yeah. Opie. Opie, the um, pride of Chicago. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then so, uh, I think it was like a oh, season or two later that Matt came around um, yep. and, and uh, stuff. But yeah, Opie was, I mean, that, he was a spark plug. That guy, oh, yeah. he wasn't the tallest drink of water by any stretch, but by gosh, he was, he, he was another one. He didn't care. He, if he would he wouldn't be afraid to go into the corner he wouldn't be afraid to mix it up with you he he just played tough he's just a tough kid that's right you know and, and i remember i remember after kelly left i believe opie uh craft uh, and i we were pretty much on a line together for the remainder of the season from what i remember even when when kelly did come back um even though we had chemistry earlier on the season 
I was having really good chemistry with Craft uh, and, and and Opie, so they kept they kept uh, they kept us together and put Kelly on another line to kind of spread us out, kind of thing. Well, yeah, and again, it goes back to the fact that the two of you, I mean, that gave you two number one lines because of you guys' abilities, because your ability and and Kelly's ability. That I mean, and and the fact that you had great chemistry with you know with Open. And with Kraft and um, I, every time I can't think of Chris Kraft without thinking of uh, a defenseman, uh, Tony Pomponio, because they were okay. Pomponio played. Now, did he play that first year when you were there? He did. Uh, I thought you were going to say a different defenseman. I thought you were going to say Todd Blaskowitz. But good, uh... oh, good night. That's a, that's a count. That's a, we can do a whole <laughs> podcast talking about him. Never mind the fact oh, that I, I would love to get him on one of these. Um, but, uh, yeah. I miss, anyway. that. I miss that guy. He's a character. Yeah. He, uh, you know, I, I hear he's in, I think he's in uh, armed services now. Yeah, I think he was in the Navy for a while. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to chat with him in a couple of years, but uh, that's, that's the last I remember as well. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I guess he's a real, you know, good, disciplined citizen, et cetera. And yet. I remember when he played in Monroe, when we were up in Monroe, some of the things he used to do that I can't even mention on the air because, oh my gosh, he was, he was, he was a piece of work. Uh, and I remember this because, okay. <clears throat> you know, it's bad when, uh, my best friend, he's a doctor down in Finley, Ohio. And, uh, he, he, he was our team doc that first year when we were in Monroe and, Okay. He his name is Todd Leslie, and he he did the Cherokee for that year, and he remembers being in the locker room, and some of the stuff I'll just say some of the stuff that Blasco used to pull, and he remembers him to this day. <laughs> you, if you asked him to name anyone else on that team, he couldn't, but he remembers Blasco to this day, and oh That's my awesome. god. That, I mean, I just sit there and just kind of, oh, man, that's pretty bad. Anyway, uh, but, uh, yeah, and then, then now you think of Blasco as that, and then here he is now, this responsible, you know, disciplined, uh, you know, person that's, it's like, you just, it's like you try to match the two up, and it's like, what? But, uh, that, but Blasco is a beauty, man. Came from Pittsburgh, I remember that. And he, he, was oh, yeah. a, he was a piece of work, but I loved him, man. He was a great kid. Um, yeah. And uh, now, no, I remember because of the reason I always remember Kraft because him and Pomponio were best buds back then. Yeah. You know, and uh, they they would uh, pick on each other mercilessly, call each other names, uh, a lot of stuff <laughs> that I couldn't repeat. Anyway, uh, but uh, and then I'm trying to remember some of the other D from back then, some of the other guys. Um, let me see, 2000. I can't remember his first name. The last name was Hale. He was one of the oh, defensemen. Oh yeah, uh, John Hale. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the forwards were. Okay. Yeah, he's from some Fort... of the forwards we had. What's that? I was just gonna say he's a dentist now, in Fort Wayne. Oh really? Yes. Not bad. Yeah. So I've I've uh -huh. heard from I heard from him not too long ago. So hopefully we'll get a podcast done soon. Uh, right. Now that also I believe Kobe Peters was he a teammate. Did I miss yep, him? I think he was one of the forwards. And yeah, then, he was a short uh, had, little guy had, from Fort Wayne. Oh yeah, we had uh, we had Dan Mays. 
uh, local guy. We had uh, Chase everyone Dunning. called him Bobby, that, and, and that was yep. So you know, that's and to this day, most of most of his teammates, his old teammates, still call him Bobby. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, they'll be like, you know, because he coaches now uh, out in Pittsburgh. So that's great. Yeah, he's doing a great job out there. He's a heck of a coach, and uh, it 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 it's it bears to me kind of uh i what i think and that is some of the guys that weren't the all-star studs that were the number one guy in the top line blah 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 the guys that weren't that the ones that had to hold the clipboard not necessarily dress all the time those are the mm-hmm. guys that end up being the best coaches because they see oh, the game from from different angles they see the game from the stands they see the game when they're on the bench when they're looking out and they're all, they also see it on the ice from playing. So they get a couple of different uh, uh, things, ways of seeing it that they don't always get to see because when they're out playing and um, they, uh, you know, guys like that, that don't always get the playing time. They, they study and they pay attention to what's going on and what they would do if they were out there. And I think that kind of helps them as far as becoming good coaches and stuff. And Bobby, Dan Mays is uh, a perfect example. He he did in his first year. Great guy. Yeah, his first year he he barely dressed. I'd say less than forty percent of the games to dress, let alone play. And then by mm-hmm. the time his last year there, he was wearing the A. He was wearing what he was an assistant captain. So that tells you yep. how you know how much he grew. But um, you know it's guys like that that you root for. You know, and uh, the other thing too, I'm trying to remember who are some of those other guys. Did you play? I'm trying to. Doggone it! This is gonna bug me now. Um, who are some of the other guys that you remember, like from the first? Uh, first year, uh, Ben Kubicki. I remember he was on the team because uh, I remember playing uh, travel hockey with him growing up, so I knew him coming in. Now uh, I got a question for you, and I'll, I want to get Ben's version of this down the line here, but. Oh. Where where did he pick up the nickname Gary? I don't know. I remember. I, remember, I, I didn't think of that nickname until you said that. Um, I don't know where that came from, but I remember my first year. That's what everybody called him for some reason. Yeah, they called him. I, I gotta ask. Do you remember? Him. Yeah, I, I have no. You gotta ask him. I have no idea. Okay, well then I'll ask you this one, and this one I hope you have the answer for. Where the heck did they come up with the nickname of Boogie for you? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think everyone's kind of asked that growing up. Uh, I think it's kind of from my mom. Um, the story goes kind of thing when when I was you know a baby, she would always make like this this boogie 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 kind of sound, you know, like you know, or something like that, and I would always laugh. And then for some reason, uh, they started calling me that when you know I was a toddler, and then she kind of kept that name too. So. When I was growing up playing house league and all stars and then travel hockey, she would always yell it in the stands and that carried over into high school. And then it just kind of went with it. My fam to this day, my, a lot of my family members still call me boogie. Yeah. And, so, well, most of us remember you as boogie. And so, you know, it just, it's just, it's one of those names, you know, it's, it's, it's it sticks with you. You know, you can't, you can't pawn it off. You can't get rid of it. It just, it's with you. But uh, I, I just so never bad. knew the story behind it. I just knew that they always called you Boogie. And here I thought it was because of how, how much of a wizard you were on the ice with the puck and everything. 
<laughs> no, I wish I wish it were a cooler story than that. And, you know, my mom would probably be a better, um, you know, person to kind of tell the story. But that's that's pretty much all I know. But I remember, yeah, it was just every team I was with, there was always something that kind of caught on. And I don't I didn't realize it had caught on that much the Cherokee, but that's yeah, it's good to know. I guess people remember that. Yeah, we, let's put it this way: whenever I talk to you, like I'll talk to uh, Omi, I'll see To every once in a while, and uh, or I'll see if I see Mike Robertson. And uh, those guys, you know, it, whenever we would talk about some of the stuff of some of the players and your name would come up, it was it was always Larry Will Boogie, <laughs> you know. No way. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, you know, it was just, I mean, that's just one of those names that stuck. It's kind of like with uh, Dan Mays being Bobby, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, his name's Dan Mays, but so what? He's Bobby to us. You know, we always called him Bobby Mays Hayes, you know. <laughs> So, but, uh, and like I said, to this day, most of us still call him Bobby, even though it's Dan, you know, and coach Dan Mays, you know, but (laughs) us goofballs still call him Bobby. So take it for what it's worth. Anyway. Um, so, so you go in there and I think probably one of the other things that I remember, and I don't know if it's a record to this day. Well, in the CSHL it is because the CSHL is no more. There, it's the NA3HL, but uh, it morphed into that. Um, but I think it's still. Uh, let's put it this way: if there's anyone else that has done it, I'd like to know who. Because especially at that level. But you were the only guy that I know of that scored five goals in one game. And scored all five in a different manner. <laughs> it was a different, they were different, uh, they were different style goals. You scored, I think it was, it was regular, regular uh, strength goal, even strength goal, um, and then shorthanded, power play, uh, penalty shot, and empty netter. That was actually, that was my second year. Yeah. I remember remember some of the guys who were on the ice for some of those goals. And I remember that it was against Grand Rapids, too, because I remember that penalty shot. Um, I was surprised it actually went in. I, uh, but, yeah, that's – I can't believe you even remember that. Well, so for something that special that doesn't happen that often, I don't remember much, but I do remember that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that had to be – I can't even imagine what went through your mind that night. Because that was, I mean, by that point, though, your, I, um, your, I don't want to say stardom, but your, your ability to put the puck in the net was noticed by a lot of, by, it was league wide. Everyone knew that Willard was, was the guy, 14 and white, was the guy that, uh, you know, he was the bread and butter, part of the bread and butter for Toledo. And, uh, you know, but, Still, the fact that you did, and it was early in the season, wasn't it? Wasn't it like near in the near the beginning of the season? It was my if it was my second year. I think it was like the the second half sometime. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I remember. It was yeah, it was sometime after sometime after January that year. I don't remember exactly. After the Christmas but, break. Okay. Um. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just remember that, and it was like, holy cow. You know, I thought it was great you scored a hat trick, and then it was like, wow, four. And it was like, oh, my God, he's going for his fifth? 
you know, and sure enough, the empty netter. But, um, I mean, gee whiz, man. That's, like I said, I think that was the first time it ever happened in CSHL history. And to my knowledge, that's the only time, you know, because I was with I was with that team through the change of from the CSHL to the NA3HL. And even in the NA3HL, I've seen guys score, you have multiple goal games, but not five goals and each one scored in a different unique fashion. You know, um, that wasn't, uh, I have yet to see anyone that, I mean, there may have been someone since I've retired. Uh, there may be someone there that I have, you know, that may have done it, but honestly, I don't think there has been. I really don't. So I think you're probably <laughs> the only guy I know that has done that, uh, at this level, you know, so that's pretty darn impressive. And the fact that it's, pretty cool. yeah, it's pretty cool. Something you can tell your kids someday about, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it, I mean, it was, I mean, that second year you, now, did you, you wear the A or, or something like that? Did you wear a letter when you were in the second year? So, yeah, the, so at the beginning of the season, um, you know, because they didn't bring too many players back uh, that second year uh, from the first year. You know, the only brothers left coaching. They brought new coaches, uh, Var- Varga Varga. or Vargas? Yeah. Chris and, Varga. Uh, Varga. Yep, and then uh, Kinsella. And, uh, and then uh, there's only a couple of us from the year before. Uh, Brett, I remember Brett Litchstrom being there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kraft was there briefly before he got called up and was playing with uh, the Black Bears in Northern Michigan somewhere. Same thing with uh, Ryan Benke. Uh, he was with us the year prior, and then they, he got called up that year too. Uh, he and I, had, he and I had some chemistry as well um, when, when we weren't we weren't with Open that first year. I remember Benke being on the line with Chris and I as well. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, the Chicago season, uh, they gave me the C. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the uh, beginning of the season, they gave me the C, and I remember uh, being absent one of the games uh, for a high school function I had going on, and uh, came back, and the C was no more, and the A was there, and just kind of did my thing, and went, you know, didn't didn't change a beat. I think that's actually when I think I was actually wearing the A when uh, the game you were just talking about. I think that's when that happened. Wow. So it uh, didn't bother me. Maybe it gave me a little more, uh, you know, less stress or a little more freedom, but I don't know. Of course, could, could have also lit a fire under you to pop in some more goals. Yeah, there you go. You know, but so tell me what it was like, uh, you know, not who was, you know, he was great and he was bad. And I don't mean like that. I mean, in terms of just the unique differences between playing for Coach Omi versus uh the brand new guy chris varga um i remember very different style um i can't remember too much difference um you know i think there was different approach in terms of how they coach the game um it was just it was just it was a different dynamic uh in terms of the teams from each year um you know, our our team the first year was, you know, it was nothing like the team the second year. And you know, it doesn't mean necessarily mean it was bad or anything like that. It's just it was different. Um, 
and you know I went from being you know the rookie the the year prior being the youngest guy uh on the team and then you know the second year in o three o four uh even after one year just being like the veteran guy and I remember they brought in a lot of younger guys um so it was a it was a different dynamic um you know still great coaching um just i guess you could say different okay um yeah because i mean they they're very unique personalities todd omi and chris varga and the late great brian kinsella um who again that's one guy i i I missed tremendously he was such a Mm -hmm. he was a great coach but also he was so much fun away from the ice i mean he was hysterical (laughs) probably still to this day one of the easily one of the top five funniest human beings i i ever been around in hockey it just he was hysterical and uh it it i I blame him and and varga both for taking me on when i went on the road with the team uh travel with the team back then and after like bed check and everything especially when we were in grand rapids Mm-hmm. We would go and meet up somewhere, either if not in a bar, in somebody's room, sometimes the office at the rink, whatever. We would meet up with uh, Coach Flanagan and Coach Lang from Grand Rapids mm-hmm. and would have a few ginger ales. And <laughs> oh my God, the stories would fly. And I'm telling you, man, I never laughed so hard in all my life. I mean, they Jeff Lang, to the to me also in the top five of one of the funniest human beings I've ever met. <laughs> Just insanely funny. Flanagan was pretty funny in his own right, but I was always so intimidated by him because when he was on the bench, my God, you felt like you needed a restraining order because you thought he was gonna like jump out and kill somebody. I mean, <laughs> he was just super competitive. But I mean, it was just like, holy crap! Come on, guys, settle down. You know, but he was—he was a competitor, <laughs> a big-time competitor. And uh, I learned, but I learned uh, the joy of, uh, or curse, whatever you want to call it, of hanging out with the other team's coaching staffs, and how much fun that could be. Ooh, Ooh. It, it, <laughs> it, it'd get crazy, let me tell you. Anyway, and I won't even talk about St. Louis. My God, Jack Behan who I'm still good friends with to this day. Um, it, just one of the most insane, go- crazy goofballs you ever met. And I, I'm going to do a podcast with him on this about what it was like back then. And it's well, going to be a riot. Let's put it that way. Anyway, <laughs> so um, so you play that second season. Um, at that point, were you being scouted by other, you know, higher level teams? So I was. Uh, there are a couple teams that were interested in me uh, going into that year. Uh, I remember Capital City, Capital Center Pride. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say Compuware, and then um, and then the the other Toledo team that was there, uh, oh, the Junior Eight team. Yeah, and. Uh, I didn't want to, I was going into my senior year in high school and I didn't want to move away, you know, um, like some other guys who played juniors who moved away during their high school seasons or for their high school time. And, you know, total kudos to them. You know, I was still kind of a homebody kind of thing. So I couldn't do that. And I wanted to finish up, 
you know, high school with my family and friends there. Um, so there were a couple offers that I, that I turned down and then I was actually going to play with, uh, the gold, the gold diggers, gold diggers. Um, but ironically enough, what it came down to is, uh, my AP biology class was in the afternoon when they were having their afternoon practice time. So, uh, had to turn down my coach Mankowski's offer to play with them. And that's how I wound up back with Cherokee. Okay. Yeah. And it was the ice diggers and, and it's probably, I mean, it was really weird. I mean, they moved to Toledo after, uh, they were originally from Pittsburgh. They were the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. forge and they won the national championship in Pittsburgh. And then they celebrated by moving all their stuff to Toledo and becoming the Toledo ice diggers. And they played <laughs> there until they, I mean, we had three junior teams playing out of that building because there was the continental elite league with the wolf pack. And, uh, Oh my gosh, I forgot about that league. Yep. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, matter of fact, there were a few of our guys that ended up going to that team to play, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, I know Todd Miola did. I can't remember who else, but um, we um, anyway, the junior A team, the Ice Diggers, ended up moving to Alpena, and yep. that's and that's where uh, Kenny Miller took uh, took the job as uh, coach and GM. Mm-hmm. They were up there for a while. Then I think they moved to Marquette and they ended up folding after a while. Oh, really? Yeah, they were to, they were up in Alpena for a number of years. And then they uh, moved to Marquette. And I think they were there one or two seasons. And then that was it. They eventually, really? Yeah, they eventually folded. But uh, Kenny came back to Toledo. And now he's the current coach of the Cherokee for the junior program. Oh, okay. So him and, and he's yeah, the head yeah, he's the head coach, and and uh, T.O. Todd Omi is the uh, his assistant coach. Actually, there you go. Todd's back coaching again. I'm yep. sure he's probably been coaching for a while, but yeah, he I came remember, back about six yeah. or seven years ago. Okay, not bad. Yeah, yeah I remember uh, Alpina when I was playing in uh, you know after my second year in Cherokee when I played uh, the North American Hockey League out in Montana. I remember uh, playing Alpina in one of the tournaments we were in. We were, we were in the NA together. What team did you play for out what? That was about the only interaction I had with them. I played for the uh, the Helena Bighorns. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but uh, I the coach at the time, he was a Michigan guy, and he didn't know that I was still available after um, my second year with the Cherokee. And uh, I remember – graduated high school and I really didn't know where I was playing or if I was just going to go to school and just be done with hockey and uh, ended up signing with them really late and then first or second week of August I remember uh, getting ready to drive out there and playing the North American Hockey League and I'll never forget right around that time the Cherokee were having their uh, tryouts for that year and they let me skate with them during that time. And it was, it was really cool, too, because uh, I remember some of the guys I'd played with the year before uh, came out. And we did a little farewell. And I remember you actually came out as well there, too. You, you and I had a picture together. I think that, was, that might have been the last time I saw you. Mm-hmm. It was back right when I was leaving in August 2004. Uh, there's a picture of us right outside of uh, the Frickers on Monroe Street in Sylvania. <laughs> right as I 
drove 27 hours across country the next day as an 18 year old to go out into the mountains in the North American Hockey League the next day. Wow. Um, yeah. Jeez. You know, I do have one other memory of you. Now, let me ask you, I want to ask you here in your time in Toledo. Uh, okay. Do you remember any kind of, uh, like when you're in your first year, do you remember any kind of rookie initiation or pranks anyone played on you? I remember a lot with the rookies. We got it. Uh, they 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 had they had to shave our heads and uh, some stuff on the bus. Uh, one of the road trips. Those are about the only the ones that I can remember. I don't remember specific pranks that were against me specifically. Uh, um, do you do you have a story out there? Or? No, I'm just asking about like for uh, like the, uh, did did you get hot boxed or? Yep, that was still there. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's kind of quite illegal now, but yeah, that was there and quite disgusting. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, exactly, but uh, but yeah, I remember the, the head shaving thing. Did and, you have rookie uh, dinner? Or? No, I don't remember that. Okay, well those they do go, that now. Those... Oh, yeah. did they really? Yeah, it's a tradition now where the uh, the rookies take a. Uh, it's kind of like adopt a vet and you take the vet out to dinner somewhere like a Applebee's or that type of establishment and they, <laughs> they, they pick up the, the vet's tab. But the thing is, is that at the rookie usually has to dress in girls clothes. And Interesting. They, yeah. And, it, and, and they'll do shoe check. And if you get shoe, oh, checked, yeah. shoe check, yeah. yeah, if you get shoe checked, you have to stand on the on the on the chair or whatever or the table in the middle of the restaurant there and sing a song uh mm -hmm. that kind of yeah, stuff. yeah so have you ever been were you ever shoe checked that i didn't shoe check wasn't a thing that i would remember until when i until i was in the uh, the north american hockey league um i don't know if i ever actually got shoe checked i knew it was a thing so i would sit with my feet as far back from under the table as possible um but I don't remember. I don't remember shoe checking being a thing with the Cherokee in the, in the years that I was there, all those years ago. Yeah, they. I mean, of course, back then they were really into leaners and and stuff like that. Um, I remember. The, I remember the leaners in the in the in the hotels. Uh, and it was. I don't remember any of that with the Cherokee though. It was. It was afterwards where I remember those. Well, it's, I remember those. I remember those. They they were they were rampant back then. Uh, even even bef <laughs> even before then. Um, but. Uh, now I do have I do remember one story where uh, you actually pranked somebody. You yeah you gotta give me more details. Oh, this is real easy. You ordered dinner in room service, and you put it on. You charged it to my room. <laughs> was that? I don't, I don't remember, remember which year it was, but it was one of the two. I just, for some reason, I just remembered that. It just kicked into my head. Um, yeah, as a, it was a joke. I mean, I, we all knew that was. We all laughed about it. But yeah. Then, it, but Robertson had to be all serious and stuff. He had to, you know, be like, you know, hey, I got to, you know, and, you know, I got to be, mm -hmm. you know, and show him that he can't get away with blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, dude, it was a joke. But, you okay. know, we were trying well, to. Hopefully, so, hopefully I apologize for it. Oh, I don't know. Well, he that. called you up front and you sat next to me and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm like, going, oh, dude, I realize it was a joke. <laughs> okay and it was fine you know and stuff but um no that was i remember now i just it just that clicked in my head 
and uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I thought it was a great joke. You know, it was a funny joke because <laughs> back then it was. I mean, it wasn't like you went and ordered you know lobster tails and, and you know shrimp cocktails or something. You know, you just ordered like yeah. a burger and fry or whatever, and you, I mean, it's the harm in that. You know, I mean. <laughs> you just uh you charge that to my room but i i mean i just thought it was funny i thought it was a good joke because you you could do that back then you get away with it you can't now but you could then yeah. you know everything's different now but back then you could get away with it and i just thought it was funny and uh but um trying to remember some of the other stuff that we did back then because like i said most of it was usually with the coaches you know so mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know there was always some interesting times there but um, uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, doggone it. Yeah, but, you know, it's just the idea that, it, you know, the camaraderie was really tight back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys, you know, those guys, I, that, some of my most fun favorite times were was during that era, that stretch between 97 through probably – 2010 was my favorite mm-hmm. because that's where you know I did I, I traveled with the team I did all kinds of stuff and you know like I said uh, it just was uh, it was just silly season in addition to being hot <laughs> you know so but uh, and and then 2010 on to when I finished in 2017 um, it wasn't well, that was, I didn't travel as much with the team. Uh, and by 2012 or so, whenever, uh, you know, things changed over when uh, they put in uh, uh, pay-per-view hockey for all the all the teams in the rinks, and that meant I didn't get to travel anymore with the team broadcasting uh, road games. And then, you know, it was like, it was just different. You know, I just was like, okay, that's fine and and stuff. But it was still... It was still fun. I mean, I love love the guys that I worked with. You know, Kenny Miller and, and T.O. and you know um, all those guys back then. And now we got Nick Signs in there. And you know, the ownership changed. You know, after we lost uh, Kenny's dad, who was the president of our hockey team back then, Sap Miller. Mm-hmm. After we lost him, and then uh, now, from then till now, it's been uh, Don and Kerry Manders, and they have done a bang up job of keeping this team going not only going but thriving and uh, that's great you know so yeah the team is definitely you know back on the uptick and it's been just so much fun to see them uh you know reap the rewards of hard work you know and that's what i like about it is they work hard and it's a it's a, a real team effort and i really have enjoyed seeing the success that these guys have gotten and uh but anyway but uh, so you played out in Helena. Um, yeah. How long did you How long did you stay in Helena? One year. Uh, so I, I played there two years with the Helena Bighorns. Um, you know that's back when you had three Montana teams in the in the NA: uh, us, Billings, uh, Bozeman. And we'd play Fargo. Uh, threw in there was an there was an Iowa team one of the years. Um, so that we were, we were always traveling. Uh, couple of trips to Alaska. The only two times I've ever been to Alaska, a couple of teams I had there in Fairbanks and uh, Anchorage. Um, crazy fans up there. I do remember that. Well, there's nothing um, else to do up there. I would think so. Exactly. But yeah, I played two years in the NA and then one year in the uh, the Eastern Junior Hockey League 
out uh, in Boston area where I played in Rockland um, for the Bay State Breakers for a year before I went to college. So where'd you go to school? Uh, I did my undergrad at Elmira College in New York, uh, right near uh, Ithaca in New York, in the Finger Lakes region of New York. Okay, what'd you, uh, what did you go to school for? Uh, history and English literature major. Okay. And then where does the, where does the Willard train uh, uh, pull into next after that? From there, I uh, went to law school back in Toledo, Ohio at UT. And uh, after law school, uh, once I got my bar license, I've been with uh, the United States Army JAG Corps, uh, the Judge Advocate, Advocate General. So I've been a military lawyer uh, these past seven years. And uh, so I was talking about we've been playing phone tag for a little while here. I'm actually in the process of changing jobs. I uh, My house in Nashville, so I work in Kentucky during the week. That's why I'm on this Eastern Standard, Central Standard mix during the week kind of thing. But finally going back to my house that I have uh, in Nashville, where I joined a, a firm there with an attorney I used to work with. And uh, we're going to be doing military cases uh, worldwide and be based out of Nashville. And it's going to be great. Wow, that's pretty awesome, man. Congratulations. Uh, what part Not of Kentucky were you working at? Uh, they uh, had me at Fort Knox, and that's uh, so I'm in Elizabethtown, Kentucky right now, and then uh, moving the remainder of my stuff back to uh, Nashville. So it was, it was very, uh, this, these past uh, like nine months or so, it was weird. I had to keep my house in Nashville, uh, where I mean, my girlfriend's there, she's a nurse at Vanderbilt. And uh, so she's there during the week doing her thing. And then I have an apartment here in Elizabethtown while I was working. Um, the whole idea of doing this for a year and then moving back and being full-time in Nashville afterwards. Wow. That's, that, that takes a lot of dedication and a little insanity. So yeah, a little bit of both. A lot, yep. a lot of lack of sleep. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, let's wind this puppy up. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I ask everybody at the end. Absolutely. And that is, um, Number one, what advice would the Larry Willard of today give to that 16-year-old kid uh, playing Cherokee hockey? Just, I would say enjoy it. Uh, looking back, especially that first year, uh, those are some of the best memories I had. Um, some great guys in that team, the camaraderie you talked about, that was, it was there that first year. It was there the second year, not as much, you know, from what I recall, I was closer with the guys that first year. Um, you know, and just enjoy every little minute kind of thing. And, you know, cause looking back is a lot of the stuff that, you know, I, I can't remember, um, you know, thank goodness I got guys like you and Chris Kraft remind me of some of these crazy things that, you know, we used to do back in the day with the Todd Blaskowitz and, and the Fred Hassan voices of the day and oh, yeah. all those crazy characters. Yeah. And, and, and of course, uh, Hassenfuss, he just became a dad for the first time not too long ago. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, about a, uh, not quite a year ago. So it's like, okay. Yeah, so I'm like, so Fred, uh, you know, what are you gonna, what, uh, what, you know, what things are you gonna in, in, impart to your kid? You know, he's like, uh, how to be a good golfer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, great. Fred. That sounds like Fred. Yeah, that's Fred in a nutshell. Yep. And so, um, him and his billet brother did a did a did one of these with me uh, at the same time and they're like 15 oh, years apart so you know because his bro his billet brother later went on to play with us as well 
play for the Cherokee. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, if you go on the website and you'll scroll down through the different uh, uh, editions, uh, he, they're, they're in there. Their, their names are in there together. So anyway, well, last thing, um, what would you like to say to Cherokee Nation? Because uh, for whatever reason, and I don't think it's me, uh, they tune in. Uh, fans, uh, alumni, alumni coaches, current coaches, current players, etc. It's a solid fan base, and they tune into this thing, and we're grateful for that. But what is it you would like to say to them? Um, I don't know, kind of put in the spot here, but uh, you know, hopefully, you know, some of the guys out there have some have some good fond memories as I have of them. Uh, you know, I love playing with each and every one of them. Um, sorry if I, you know, especially the Open Brothers, I couldn't remember your last name. Uh, hopefully, no one holds it against me or you know reads too much into some of the things we're talking about because you know the only two years I was there, you know, I had great experiences, different experiences each year, but you know, great experiences all around and. You know, it helped uh, get me ready for the next thing in life. And, you know, that was going on almost 20 years ago. And it's crazy to think that, uh, you know, I was just I started off as some 16-year-old kid in high school playing there. And now I'm in my, my mid-30s. And who knows from here? You know, that's you can it's, it's it. That's why we have these memories, because it's just a chance to to laugh, have a good laugh thinking about them, you know, because obviously we're all a little older, a little wiser, whatever, but it still it still feels good to be able to laugh about stuff, you know, and look back fondly. Absolutely. Good things. Well, I'll tell you what, it has been fun catching up with you, man. I, like I said, I really yeah. enjoyed this. Uh, it was uh, obviously a good chance to get closure on the whole uh, charge to my room thing, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I feel terrible. I don't remember that. I do. I just remember. I have no doubt did, it probably happened. No, it did. It played out on the yeah. bus. I, that's the only reason I knew was because when I went to check out, they told me about it. And I'm like, oh, what? Okay. And I'm like, I didn't order anything. You know, and at first I was kind of like, wait, I didn't order anything. And then it it, it, it clicked in my head. Eesh. Somebody said, you know, one of the players probably did it. And I think one of the players did rat you out. So uh, that's the only re that's the only reason I knew. So, uh, but, uh, you know, no good sneaks anyway no but uh and then uh, it was mike robertson who you know like i said he you know we talked to, he talked to me about it or something and i'm like well you know it's it's all right just he's like no he we need to you know nip this in the bud blah 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 and i'm like stop it it was a joke well, we that's what we he, do you know i mean my god the jokes we played uh back then were far worse than putting a hamburger on somebody's bill okay <laughs> so trust me far worse so uh, I appreciate that. And I can tell you that the, the 16 year old me definitely apologizes. Stop uh, it. I don't want to hear that. Apologize, but it's been an absolute pleasure though. I really, I really appreciate you, you having me on here and, and wanting me to chat about some things from back in the day. It's been a and, blast. Uh, man. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, is that eventually when, when we get to whatever normal is anymore, we're going to have a little reunion and, uh, probably do it on uh, the weekend they have their annual fundraiser their reverse raffle um and what we'll do is we'll do it when they have a game not two back-to-backs but just a game one game weekend that's usually when they yeah. do their uh, reverse raffle and what we'll do is we'll just have everybody come in you know and if they want to have an alumni game hey great we'll put it together no biggie but even if you don't want to play just to come in 
do the raffle thing, that's great. But to go to a game and watch the current team play and hang out and have a couple pops and just laugh hysterically telling stories, that's that's <laughs> what I want to do more than anything. So that's the sound plan. Bad. No, it isn't. It's going to be a blast. It. So I'll keep you in the loop for that, too. So, But uh, thanks Sounds again good. for doing this, man. I really do appreciate it. And, hey, best of luck always, man. I appreciate my pleasure and glad to be a part of it. And thanks for thinking of me and to you and, you know, any, any Cherokee alumni that I played with, uh, favor in Nashville, give me a shout. I'm always around. Well, there's a few in there. There's about, I think three that I know <laughs> that come to the top of my mind that uh, are from Nashville. They're in Nashville now. So anyway, deal. Um, anyhow, well, thanks a lot. That's Larry Willard. That's his story. And I tell you what, we appreciate you sticking around, tuning in. Don't forget, all you got to do is go to whatever uh, platform you use to consume your podcasts and just subscribe to Cherokee Rewind. And every time a new episode drops, it will let you know. So for Larry, I am Mick. Thanks a lot. Well, we'll catch you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.